welcome everybody to episode seven of the Life, Liberty, and Podcast. Podcast. Aw, shit. You are joined. We're here with you in your house or car or wherever else you might be listening to this jail even. Uh, You're joined by your hosts, Gabriel. That's me. And And Nick. Nick. That's me. Wow. And today we're going to be talking about, uh, we've we've seen a couple movies. We're just going to... fill each other in on and and take you take a uh, good opinions that's not a that's not a sentence <laughs> we're just going to talk about movies that we've seen recently maybe some shows too and we might even get in, into a little bit of a trading card game talk <laughs> a little bit of a little bit of comparison of the games <laughs> And don't worry about that last one, all right, guys? It's fine. Just don't worry. It's We're going to get into okay. it. It's going to be okay. I'm turning this into a trading card game podcast, oh, whether you like no. it or not. That's what I was going to stream about. You can't take that. This What? I'm going to stream myself playing Yu-Gi-Oh, maybe. Really? I've been thinking about it. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Well, what are you... Are you good at it? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say I'm... About average. <laughs> really? I have no clue. Well, I guess we're getting just straight into it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know anything about the rules of Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm a, Gabriel's a Yu-Gi-Oh player. I am a Magic the Gathering player. Yeah, I only recently started with um, Yu-Gi-Oh. So, like, I, uh, I, I mean, I, I loved that as a kid, obviously, growing up. And then I had Yu-Gi-Oh cards as a kid, but I obviously didn't really know how to play the game. Yeah. More or less, but I still had them. And then um, I remember in high school, like I had a rekindling of that love for it, and I tried to play it, but they all they had was like this really weird online game that wasn't really good at the yeah. time. That was like 2012, so it was really a long time ago. And then this year they came out with Master Duel, which is an actually good online game yeah. of the, of you know Yu-Gi-Oh. And so I've been learning through that, and now I'm playing in real life as well which i don't have a deck yet but i'm because i don't have money but (laughs) i'm going to soon when i have like a real deck yeah yeah i kind of want a real like i play well i guess i i play magic the gathering arena which is also the online version of it Mm. and i love it to death um but uh yeah i do kind of want to have my own on my own physical deck just because i love what got me into it was like the art on it is really good Mm. um yeah the illustrations and the digital painting behind it is phenomenal. And, um, yeah, I think what also I had, I think this might, well, I won't say it's an exceptional situation, but like when I got into it, I got into it because of some friends were like super nice about getting me into it. Okay. Um, like they were, they were like, Oh yeah, here it is. And they explained it to me and we played it and it was super fun. Nice. Right. And I feel like some I've heard some people they don't get into trading cards because and this actually happened to me like uh, when I was reintroduced to it again, because I, I played it for a little while and then like I didn't have anybody to play it with. So I kind of stopped playing it and then I got to college and I, there was somebody else who was there who was like, oh, yeah, I play it. And then I was like, yeah, I need a refresher. 
and I guess what happens is people get introduced to card games by the wrong person and that person just like, oh yeah, here are the rules, here's a deck, and then they just fucking destroy you. You know, like <laughs> not even and it's just not even fun. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I don't know, playing dodgeball with like toddlers. It's just kinda like I, why would you even what do you gain from this? Like nobody's impressed. Just it's not even I don't think a bullying tactic, it's just like I don't know they're just unconsciously or they're not aware. Yeah. They're just not making it fun for the other person. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think Yu-Gi-Oh was definitely, I mean, cause Gabriel helped me a lot with it. Um, the other Gabriel. Yes. There's another Gabriel. Um, and he, um, basically We've cloned him <laughs> in case this one doesn't work out. I'm going to put him in the pit with the others. God damn it. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not going to say it. What were you going to say? <laughs> <laughs> the conspiracy that just confirming that we do clone politicians. But anyway, um, we do. Yeah. Why would we clone those? <laughs> we could clone like amazing ones like <laughs> Mussolini or <laughs> <laughs> Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> Why are we cloning <laughs> these? <laughs> I understand cloning Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> Have you seen those pictures of her? Nicholas, why? <laughs> Can we please? All right, we're not we're not talking about that anymore. I know I shouldn't have said it. Okay, anyway, <laughs> I'm talking about fucking. Okay, so he told me like basically the the, the breakdown. But first off, fucking Yu-Gi-Oh is so is so goddamn different than when it was like when I was a kid. They've changed things so much, and it's just like insane how different everything is now. In a and good way or a bad it. way. Uh, pros and cons, I would say. I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot of interesting things now, which I think is cool, but it's also, the game is definitely like, how do you describe it? It's like, um, some, you can go, you can sometimes win in like one or two turns, which some, I feel like sometimes can be a little boring. Um, and like, there's just some things you just can't play. Like, I like, I like games that are more balanced, right? So you can basically play not any deck but like a good amount of decks would still be good yeah and i do th- i think most of the time Yu-Gi-Oh is usually where there's like one two maybe like three or four good decks and like no one can beat those decks pretty much unless like you have a really really good, lucky time you know like a good luck like you draw or a good uh dice yeah. roll super optimized decks yeah pretty yeah. much and it i they'll I mean, it is good because I'm actually coming into a, a. Apparently, I'm coming into a meta that's unique in the sense that there's a lot of good decks right now, so it's pretty well balanced. But there's a new structure deck coming out at the end of the month, called Power of the Elements. That's supposed to like completely change everything and make it so there's only like two or three good decks again. Uh-huh. But obviously, you don't know what happens until it actually happens. So we'll see. But. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't have high. I don't think I have a super high level like. Um, understanding of like the meta of magic the gathering like i don't really watch any anybody play it or anything like that because i feel like when i start watching those i just become too aware of like the ingredients that go into make the game and what you're supposed to do it becomes a little bit more it's like you said it just becomes like instruction on how to win instead of hey play this game where we have you know different decks that do cool things right right which is like that's i'd never want to get like i won't obviously want to win and i want to have like a competitive play but i don't want to get too competitive like i would if i had a ratio i would like to have it like 50 50 
fun plus competitive because I feel like playing against super optimized decks is just like it's just not fun. Like I'm, I don't feel like I'm running into anything new. Like I've played ranked on Ma Magic: The Gathering Arena, and uh, I've gotten to plat, and I'm, I'm like keep on like going up and down the plat scale. Um, <laughs> I still haven't done that in Yu-Gi-Oh. So. <laughs> uh, it's, it, I like it just because I actually get like a sense of like, oh, okay, so I know what I'm doing. It's not just luck, you know, that I happen to be winning. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think if I actually dedicated time i probably could go plat but usually what i'm trying to do is just t use master duel as a testing arena more than anything else so i tend to lose a lot because i'm testing different decks and like i'm not really like tr trying to move up the ranks as much because i don't mm -hmm. really see the point in that although i am at currently at my highest point i'm at gold one so i could go to platinum if i tr did a little bit more probably but i wonder who has more players probably you i'd say you yeah, yeah probably you, yeah like i think magic the gathering's older but i still feel like it's pretty niche yeah i would i would agree probably and like because it has like you know a fan base from the anime and stuff and it's like it got it got super popular so like people most people even if they don't play Yu-Gi-Oh, have heard of Yu-Gi-Oh. right yeah um it was like the og toy anime right like we're gonna make merchandise out of this exactly yeah um but yeah i I still like it a lot, though. I'm actually super competitive, so I watch all the videos, and I watch all the tutorials, so yeah. that's how I learn about decks, and, and I watch other people play to see which decks. So most of the time when I'm actually doing Yu-Gi-Oh! stuff, it's just research of mm -hmm. like what I want to do, and I haven't really been able to decide what deck to use, because the deck I basically kind of accidentally fell into, mm -hmm. it's called Witchcrafters, and I actually, it's my favorite deck, but it's not that good, so like... I'm thinking about trying to play other decks. But so what does it do? What's the? the it's gimmick? called a it's called a control deck, mm -hmm. um, and it's based off of the spellcaster type. So like it's just basically you're trying to control your opponent from doing, you know, whatever they want to do. Oh, okay. um, but it's it's severely limited because there's only three boss monster cards that I have, and if I don't have any of those three cards, I lose. <laughs> oh, okay. So basically, it's a pretty easy target to like. If you just get rid of those three cards, I'm done for, and there's nothing I can really do about it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's a lot of ways to protect those cards and like to bring them back, but like, it's just not it's not good enough to like outplay some of the better decks to like actually survive. But I have caught people out by surprise because one of my favorite things about it is like it has a a thing. I mean, this is getting into details and stuff, but basically, it's like a surprise attack that nobody usually expects because it's a pretty niche deck. Where like, if I reveal spell cards in my hand for each card i reveal i get a thousand plus attack and defense so whenever they attack me i just do that and then they like get killed because i i you know go up like five thousand attack and defense and that like kills them in one hit okay yeah cool my uh so i have a deck sim similar to that that i kind of fell into because it was uh it was when they were rolling out their alchemy i don't really know how it differs from like standard um mtg but like it was a deck called, uh, it was called, what was it called originally? It was called Mind Control or something like that. Mm. And they just have like funny names for their, for the decks because like they give you decks to play with. Okay. Um, or like they're like base decks um, with different things. And so like the way it works is like mine is blue, is a blue black deck. And so... Uh, the main purpose that I built it up because I've like I've <clears throat> been using that one for about a year or so, and the one the main 
goal behind it or its functionality is that I basically take what I take cards from the other from my opponent's deck and use them. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty common in Yu-Gi-Oh as well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Yeah. The um. Yeah. So my main my main thing is like, I mean, it's just it's three part. It's like deny like by basically I have like insta kill cards, which is called like murder or like poison the cup or something like that, mm. which is like it just kills, right? Uh, or I have lots of cards that pull from their deck or whenever they put um, a card down on, or a creature down, uh, I put down a mind flare. And basically what that does is like when I put it on the field, it I can pick whichever one they have in play and put it into mine. And then another one is basically stalling. And that's just like, it's I, if I can't delete, then I have a lot of cards that are like, you can't attack you <laughs> or I basically unsummon the creature oh, back into nice. their their hand. So and it's like a super low cost thing. So it's basically like you don't get to play until I'm ready to play. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind because of, mine also does a thing where like if you discard a card, you can negate all the effects of all the face up cards in the field mm-hmm. um, for that turn. And then I have another one that just pops cards where you just destroy a card by discarding a card. So I have stuff like that, too, with mine. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, I've seen super optimal, or I've seen, like, one match where, like, the, like, upper tier competitive play, where it's, like, the the card or the deck had, like, just four, had a lot, a lot of copies of four different cards, and it was just geared around, I need to get all four of these cards, and then I win. It's just, like, I don't want to do that, you know, it's just not fun. I like being able to, like, not know that much about, at least card games. I like to not like not know that much about it because then it leaves a level of discovery and mystique behind it that still keeps it like fun and interesting. Hmm. You know, I I've gotten too deep into like meta on like well on other games, not card games, but like Overwatch mm. when it was super popular. Yeah. And then once it becomes apparent that it's just like, oh, I want to have fun, but then the trade off becomes, oh, do you want to have fun playing a character you don't normally play or do you want to play the meta and win? And then it just turns into kind of a job where it's like, yeah, well, I got to clock in, fucking play diva, and you know, clock <laughs> that's out. actually that's actually how I feel. This is complete you know, d- diversion, but that's how I felt about Genshin, and that's kind of why I fell off from playing it. Yeah, why? For those of you who don't know, I'm one of those people who play Genshin, uh, or mm-hmm. did did play Genshin. He's on a list somewhere. <laughs> I'm on a lot of lists, guys. It's okay. Yeah, he's got uh, an an- he's got an ankle bracelet that tra- that beeps <laughs> and tracks where he goes. <laughs> what? I'm just kidding. I did have a coworker that had that, but anyway, um, <laughs> he should not have been at work. No, they, that they let him. They he could only be in two places: his house or at work. <laughs> uh, okay, so I guess it worked out. Why but do it- they do that for everybody? Never mind. That's a dumb question. That's I'm, a really dumb question. Yeah. I was going to say, like, why don't they do that for all criminals? It's just like, because they would steal. <laughs> or they, I don't know. Well, because they hate people as well. Yeah. I mean, they make more money by keeping them in prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, what was I going to say? The, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, Genshin was like that. Because the end game is very much like, just feels like a job. Like, just come, you come in, you do your dailies. Yeah. And then you do your artifacts. Um you grind for your artifacts and it's just like and then like all it became because like 
I got to a point where I already explored all the game that exists to that point. And all that was left that's new is, like, new characters. I'm like, I keep getting new characters, but, it, like, I already have three teams that I can switch between that I play, that are, you know, already decked out and I can play with. Yeah. Why am I getting new characters? Why am I still doing this? And yeah. so I feel at this point I'm only going to start playing Genshin when, like, new content gets released every now and again. Which... Didn't they replace, uh, or finally release Plant People? Yeah, they did. They're, um, it comes out, I think, either next month or in two months. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to release the fourth nation, which is Sumeru, which is a desert nation, and that's where the plant people come from, which... Oh, that's funny. Doesn't make... Yeah. I'm sure that will be a plot point at some point. <laughs> <laughs> and now for our fourth nation, the Bedouins. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> our fourth nation. It is the third caliphate. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of looking that way. Anyway, really? <laughs> no, I mean, the first character they released was a fucking merchant who can sell you anything. Um, I got to get back into it. I, I like, I don't want to hit. It's just weird because you have to treat games nowadays because, like, you have to basically, I think, ma- have fun. It, or, sorry, in order to have fun with games, you have to treat them in a very specific way yeah. that they aren't right it's kind of like i don't know how to describe it like no, I feel a that. game is what they give you right but then it's also what you make of it so destiny for example like destiny i enjoy a lot but it like i try and take pretty frequent breaks from it because if i continue playing it it turns into a job but if i don't or a sort of monotonous feeling but if i take breaks from it and then I come back to it, I get that like that wonder that I always feel whenever I start mm. playing Destiny Two again because yeah. it's like it's like a very atmospheric game, and um, I, I appreciate the atmosphere more than I do like the uh, the gameplay mm. uh, like or the gameplay mechanics of like all right, do this, 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 and grind out gear. It's just like, I kind of like that, but I also, I don't know. I feel like I'd appreciate it more if I did it with people. I don't, it's it's a game that, like, if I play it by myself, it's uh, it just the, my interest in it diminishes mm-hmm. very quickly. I see. Because it becomes, because even though you're surrounded by other players, you just feel kind of, like, lonely because it's just like, oh, well, I'm not actually interacting with them. Mm-hmm. I love to I love to like get more people that I play games with regularly. Like I see that online all the time. Yeah, I know. It's like on having online friends and stuff. Like I don't really know how to like it's already hard enough making friends in real life. <laughs> and online just seems like a whole different ball game. I think you and I came from like the like we're Gen Z technically, but we're like the oldest Gen Z. Yeah. And I think that we came from like the year or the like the the last years uh where they were still saying, well, they probably still say it, but like where they where they really emphasized, uh, don't talk to strangers on the internet, you know, uh, like isn't that still a thing, or is that no longer? I don't feel like the sentiment is there anymore because of how many things are about meeting people online, like Tinder and all of the dating apps, right? Discord and Twitter and Instagram, like it's all. I I should say this is just coming from when I talk to younger Gen Z people they all are super comfortable and have a lot of friends they have mostly met online have never met in person before and it's just like the concept of that for me 
is almost more frightening. Well, yeah, because even Felipe, you know, is, has online friends that he played with back in high school or whatever. Yeah. And, like, I didn't. But, I mean, I also think we were probably part, some of the last – we had some of the remnants of still, like, being more playing outside and, like, physical stuff than, like, mainly doing everything online. Like, I, well, that's not true. I think it also has to do with the fact that, like, online gaming wasn't that big when we were kids because it was still very new. Yeah. We, like, the PlayStation, what was what was the first thing that had the internet? Was it the was PlayStation it 3 or the Xbox 360? The Xbox, for sure. When did the Xbox 360 come out? Uh, I don't know. Like, 2005, I think. I just remember out. the Xbox for sure. It w- Well, the Xbox 360 wasn't the first thing to have multiplayer. I know, but it was the first big thing because I know, like, Battlefront had it, but, uh, like. I think. More than anything, what is is caused is that you can have yeah, so many different ways to represent yourself online nowadays. Like if you mm-hmm. were to have friends uh, back then, uh, and be online friends that you meet in a Call of Duty lobby, like once the match ends, like what do you or what are you gonna do, like outside of game? Like you know you have no yeah. other like app to communicate on, and nowadays kids have like Discord and. And a lot of people are on Discord for in terms of like communicating with people. Yeah. It's weird because I want to be part of that, but I also feel like so much of communication for me is like picking up on like tells, mm. you know, physical cues and things well, that's like what that. I mean. We have a lot of remnants of still wanting to do stuff in person. Yeah. Because um, I'm like that too. I like for me, co- social connection online is nowhere near as rewarding or as satisfying as it is in person personally so like yeah i never really seek out going why would i hang out with people online when i could just go to hang out with people like you know at a restaurant or something instead yeah uh other than the fact that you have to spend money which is a whole different thing but <laughs> true um and i mean obviously if i have like friends that moved away then i still talk to them online every now and again it's funny actually because tages actually i, I your was, friend yeah i was talking to him recently and he was trying to get me to play magic as well <laughs> um so yeah i i i well i wish i was part of that i actually prefer because i don't meet i i I don't get along with the people (laughs) that really i go i don't get along with the people that i meet uh like casually nowadays and i'm not saying like i don't get along with them in the sense that like i hate them and we don't we we have uh, uh bad back and forth and bad vibes together it's just like there's nobody around here that i met recently that i've been like damn that's a cool person i want to hang out with them more talk to them more you know i just haven't met anybody like that recently all of the people that i currently hang out with uh and get along with is are people who i've met in high school damn or before you know i haven't met anybody new who i've been uh who have made friends. And it's just kind of like, I want to meet new people that I get along with. And it's just like, I'm not going to meet people like that where I live uh, organically uh, or through work because the workplace I work at is pretty small and doesn't really hire people that I would get along with. Um, I guess that's kind of like what's pushing me to try and go into the creative industries because I want to meet people who are like mm, that. Yeah, that, that helps a lot, I think. But also, like, I feel like the, the other alternative to that is, like, trying to make friends online, you know? And I just don't yeah, know how people true. fucking... Well, I, I, I guess I can see it. It's just, like, they have much less... 
anxiety about talking to people online because it doesn't i, I don't know kids I, I feel like there's more people who are anxious about talking to people in person nowadays oh yeah but definitely like, online they're online they are fine with it where i feel like i'm vice versa like if you were to tell me hey you're gonna meet this person online on a voice chat or hey you're gonna meet this person randomly just to talk to them over dinner or something like that i'd be totally fine with dinner but on the voice chat i'd be like i could drop a joke and i can't see your face so <laughs> yeah, i can't tell yeah. if i fucking flubbed it well or... and I'll, well i guess voice chat is different but if it's like text face like jokes can be very misinterpreted very easily because texting is hard to like have you know the insinuation that you're joking so i think that's also an issue but um I, I think it's interesting. I mean, I think we're both just kind of like kind of outliers in our generation in that regard because I do think that online um, friendships are very, are so super common amongst um, people who game. Even people who are older than us, I feel like a lot of them do that as well. Um, but yeah, I don't... I don't know. I just like... I Actually, like I take every, that back. I, I'm sorry. I just remembered. I did... I, I did meet people that I got along with, and they are people who I have not met in person. <laughs> it's my D&D group that I was introduced uh, to, and I was just like, I got along well, with Well, there them. you go. You're already doing it. Yeah, I just yeah, I, I need to do it more. Because I, I, ha- I do have people that I know online, but that's mainly through, like, political stuff and work stuff, like, not necessarily, like, through f- fun things. I don't really do fun things with people online, mm-hmm. which I guess I should probably do more of. No campsites? <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're gonna get you on WikiFeet. We're gonna get you on WikiFeet, Grade Girl. You don't know what WikiFeet is? Why do you know what that is? Because I spend too much time online. I mean, <laughs> that's everyone's excuse. I know. I mean, I I feel like nobody has any right to be a st- anybody who says mostly the people at work whenever i tell them about a, a very niche fetish that i found <laughs> because it's interesting they're like why do you know that and i'm just like why don't you know that why is everybody so like what do you guys do online do you guys just visit the it's not actually it's not even like where do you go it's just i feel like if you were on the internet at any point it's very hard for me to imagine that you haven't come across this information do you realize how algorithms work right nicholas i know but (laughs) i I get that we all have a very different internet experience it's just so weird that that's how it is i mean yeah that's it used to not be that way that's for sure but ever since like the advent of social media Mm -hmm. that algorithm stuff has really made it so that your internet experience is very different from what I see on the internet. Obviously there's a lot of commonalities like very viral memes and shit like that. But for yeah. the but like for everything else it's very like what's on my Twitter feed is very different from what's going to be on your Twitter feed. I'd love I I'd, I'd love to see uh, uh like some sort of data uh, data visualization or uh, visual representation of uh like how niche is something or what how many people on of the internet users participate in this sort of like thing, right? You there is a way to find that, but I don't. I don't think we would have access to that information. Oh, of course. But I'm. I'm sorry. I meant like I wish it was like like openly available because I'd love to see 
like what part of the internet are you in the back alley of the internet where there's only been like 15 people to this website or only like like i i don't know like if i were to say like vor for example you know how many people know about that and know what it is because to me it's like to me it's general what oh okay i got it I was trying to remember which one was war again. War is the consuming one. Yeah. 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 Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> uh, for the folks back at home. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but I'm like, I would like to know, because to me, I, I feel like I have some weird like bias in my head, or maybe this is just a standard human thing, where if I see it on the internet, and I know this is not the case in reality, but if I see it on the internet and I it, see it like, on my Twitter feed or Instagram, or it's like a meme about war or something like that. I assume that it's just like in the public zeitgeist, like everybody knows, you know, and it's just kind of hard for me to like conceptualize. Like, I want to know like how many people actively engage with the topics that I like, that I interact with on the internet. Like, is it only a hundred thousand people? Because like in my head, I immediately think, Oh, 95% 95% of the population knows what I'm talking about when I say war. But like you didn't even remember. You like you I had to I had to think about it for yeah, a second. Yeah, you had to think about it for a second. Which not is, that I not that I engaged with that. I'm just using I'm <laughs> <laughs> just using war as a as a as a as just an example, an example everybody. Yeah. Just an example. Yeah. But I just it'd be interesting to know you know what I'm saying? Like are you at the popular part of town or are you the not popular part of town? You know, but why does that matter? Uh, why does it matter? I don't. Uh, oh, th- I think this one for me is mostly curiosity, just understanding people. Like, I guess that's fair. Understanding, actually, you should be a sociologist. I mean, I, I like to learn about it for sure. I don't know if that's what I want to be, um, but, but you always seem very interested in that. Uh, well, it just helps me understand people. Well, that's good. Like if I had a standard metric, I wish everybody, like, if if I could have the world as it as it would be, I would like to have a lot of the more nuanced and like subtle things of humanity be more apparent and visual. And data and the internet has helped out with a lot of that sort of thing. But it just That's it yeah. it just be interesting to be like, what concepts are uh, popular or like what how popular actually are they? Well, fun fact. I mean, there it's just, it's not really exactly what you're talking about, but there there is there, <laughs> there has been an increase in um, search specifically for trans porn, and the biggest increases in that has been in states where there has been transgender anti-transgender laws passed. Really? Yeah. Wow. So that's a fun fact. So like Texas and like Arkansas places like that. So for those of you out there, just you know, I wonder why that is. It's the same. I think it's the same thing where it's like people who are homophobic tend to be gay because to them it's like they want to reject that part of them because they don't like it. So they they go ultra hard against it, and like they'd be like, "This is a sin because everyone has a gay. Everyone has attraction to men. Obviously, it's like, uh, no, not everyone has that. I think you gotta. I got some. <laughs> I got some news for you, chief." Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, sorry to break it to you. I mean, the other way you could interpret that is maybe like, uh, people, trans people in those states are less accepted. And so they, everybody needs a sexual outlet of some sort. 
I guess I don't. I then I mean again, that's fair. I guess I, then again I shouldn't necessarily say that trans people exclusively look for trans the, trans pornography. There's. I mean, I don't think that could like, be a part of it. But like I also. It's hard, I guess it's hard to say because yeah. I wouldn't expect that many trans people to be living in those kind of areas. Dude, data nowadays is so, in terms of like people and sexuality, is not going to be good data for like the next, I swear, like 50 years. Because like so much of this, so much stuff, uh, like different studies, because you, if you were to look at a graph, you'd obviously see more people are openly gay than previously were not. And so would you say oh, there are more gay people because of some sort of biological factor? Or are there more gay people because they are actively reporting it because they can openly say it and not get attacked for it? You know, like you can't really say which one's definitively true. Uh, and of course, you'd want to say like, okay, well, things haven't changed that much, but we had explosion of the an explosion in uh, the population size. Right. And then we've had a lot of changes in how people live nowadays. So it's just things with in terms of sexuality are just not going to be. I don't uh, think they're ever really been that way, though. I mean, it's not it's never really been good. (laughs) Sexuality is such a weak point, I think, specifically in American culture, but um, also in a lot of different cultures that are more like prunish. What do you mean weak point? Yeah, in the sense of like people don't. Because it's, you know, we live in a very Puritan culture, right? American society is very Puritanistic. So, like, there's not a lot of talk, open public talk about sexuality because it's seen as, like, a don't talk about issue, right? I don't so, think it's that way anymore. I, I still think it is, like, in the See, sense- this is exactly what I mean. I want to know, is it or is it not? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is like you can't do a lot of research around it because not a lot of people want to fund this kind of research because it's like, ooh, sex, ooh. And it's like there's not a lot of open talk about it and there's not a lot of – and it's also a difficult thing to research in general. Yeah. I think we've, as humans, have misunderstood sexuality for – at least in the modern era for a very long time. I think honestly um, we had a pretty decent understanding of it in ancient times and then it kind of got lost as the dark ages happened and like – you know, culture changed, and then when the when Christianity became a huge thing, it completely changed our perception and how we dealt with sexuality to the mm-hmm. point where we've completely lost, I think, a lot of the knowledge that we had of it beforehand. And now we're kind of rediscovering it in the modern age because we're starting to get, become less religious. Uh, yeah, I agree with uh, yeah, a lot of those. Points. Obviously, this is like a focus from a Western standpoint, obviously, but you know. Yeah, I just oh not I guess not even fifty years. It's just like it, you can't that data is not going to be good because too much of that data relies on what people say, right? And the thing is, people always have the option to say to not say anything, and so because of that, I'm not saying they should be forced to say something. I'm saying like you will not have accurate data until people are comfortable enough to say what they are. Well, yeah, it's the and same as just, like. Um... We don't know. We don't actually know how many like pedophiles are out there, for example. So it's like, you know, the prediction is that there's between one and five percent of the, the population. Really, it's pedophile. Are pedophiles? Mm-hmm. Which is a that's a big range. <laughs> that's between what, like seven hundred million to like three. Wait, no, not hundred million. Seventy million to three hundred fifty million people in the world, which is like. Oh, in I mean, the what, world. Well, yeah, because it's one to five percent of the world population. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, that's a scary thought, right? Because it's like, we don't know. <laughs> there could be, and I mean, it's pretty obvious that there's a ton because of how, um, what's the word? 
how uh, lucrative the you know child sex trafficking is, for example, right? Mm. But it's like it's one of those things that we don't know anything about it. We don't know how many people are there that are like that, and we have no way of finding out until they've committed a crime, which just makes it like there's no way of solving that issue until we figure out how to like know if someone's a pedophile before they commit a crime, right? Yeah, and without also like becoming a fucking um, surveillance state. <laughs> Yeah, which is like you have to have some trade-offs, I guess, when it comes to like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't even know what to say at this point because it's just like, no, you're never going to have that because you're never going to have a completely safe society where people are, are openly. Yeah, this is how this is what I believe. Right. Especially not in the United States, because they're so absolutely antagonistic and like distrusting of like institutions that uh talk about or that that are asking them questions about things but also like seemingly not distrusting of institutions if you just label it as like republican or conservative yeah they're like i hate the government unless it's the red type of government no (laughs) i i like that flavor kind of that's a good i love (laughs) it's it's like well which one is it is it uh, don't tread on me or step on me harder daddy (laughs) (laughs) that is a great contradiction amongst those kind of people yeah i mean i think the whole i think a lot of issues stem from our aversion to talking about sexuality and having honest conversations about it um but then again like because like shouldn't we get to a point well go ahead i was just shouldn't we get to a point where we're not talking about it like it should just be commonplace like we can talk about it right it's part of your life but in terms of like what are you sir like you shouldn't really have to answer to anybody except for like you know your close loved ones and oh yeah i agree that should be the ideal but you have to we have to go from not talking about it to talking about it more and then once we get to that point then we can get to the point where we don't talk about it again but in this case now it's like because everyone's free to do as they please see i just why i can't even get into these sort of topics because i just i get so it feels like such so many like it, it it feels like standing at the bottom of a mountain, right? And looking up at the top and be like, you have to climb all the way up there. And that's just me. That's not for the people who actually have to go f- through the journey, the personal ties of those sort of things. They're like personally attached to those issues. It's just like, I can't, it's exhausting to like mentally think about, like, I don't know how other people aren't like, I give up. I'm one of, I'm just well, watching. I'm just going to walk into the ocean. <laughs> Why do you think mental health is such a big problem these days? I think also the um, the fact that the internet has become a more negative space is honestly pretty sad. Because I do think it had a lot of hope and positive stuff and optimism at the beginning, the internet. To you be, think so? You don't think so? I think it's always been terrible, but I think that's just because it is a mirror to the human psyche. I don't know. I feel like... At the beginning, I mean, it could also have been that I was a kid when it ha- when these things were happening, so I, I was personally more optimistic about it. But I do think, like, people tended to be less divided and less, like, negative on the Internet. And, uh, not all the time. Obviously, there was negativity, but, like, it wasn't, like, the overwhelming sensation that you got when you got on- logged online. I think- now I feel like anytime I go on, it's, like, either angry people shouting at each other or, like, um, some terrible shit's going on somewhere. Which is what was already happening with, like, cable news and, like, uh, local news on TV. 
before mm. the internet and that just got translated into the internet because i think i think that started happening because people with money started going into the internet to profiteer off of it and negative news and negative media usually makes more money than like positive stuff yeah so i think when the internet was a more free landscape i feel like that was when it was a little bit not as negative and a little more positive I and mean, a little bit more like of a i mean community I just, than it is now because now that they're profiting over over it i feel like it's become this negative froth of <laughs> terribleness <laughs> i i just i don't know i just think that it just wasn't fully formed I think that if you were to recreate the internet over and over and over again, the the way it's it is now is inevitable. Like well, I think only that, under a capitalist system. But I, even that is inevitable, because like everything that we have, everything that we've made is a reflection of, uh, of the human psyche back at itself, right? Why does negative news sell more than positive news it's just because like there's some mechanism in our brain and i'm pretty sure this is backed up by science i think i've read it somewhere <laughs> again fly by the seat of your pants science <laughs> but that's what, this po- that's what we should do this podcast actually <laughs> yeah fly by the seat of your pants uh podcast um but i'm pretty sure that i've remembered uh that humans remember or we take more of a note of negative experiences rather than positive experiences and again i don't know if this is true but it's just like the way it was explained to me was uh a negative experience in nature equates to a tiger fucking trying to rip your head off right uh one negative experience uh, that you don't remember could lead to a death situation, but l- remembering a good experience that's just that's just surviving. You know, it's just like why I would want I would want to remember where the dra- the tiger is right more than I would want to remember. Hey, where's that one bush that has the berries on it? You know, like I want to know where the tiger is so he doesn't fucking kill me. But if I don't remember where the bushes are, well, I can find another bush somewhere, right? Again, I don't. I feel like. Regardless of how true that is, I feel like that's pretty accurate when it comes to people. Like people actively seek out, including myself, bad news uh, just because I don't know what it is. It's just like it's like a craving that you have for like just I don't know, maybe I don't know. It's just like you go out of your way to look for bad news and you just kind of like want to keep on adding to it. You want to comment on it. And I feel like that's a pretty negative view of humanity and like i i I don't i don't necessarily think it's not true that we sometimes that there is some sort of little weird attraction to negativity Mm. but i i don't i think that's ignoring a lot of the other things where we do want to have more positivity in our lives and we also seek that out um it's not an absolute it's not like a thing of absolutes it's not like that is the only way the only way that humanity is i just say that i i argue that we are mostly we are like mostly like negative right and of course we want things to get better but i feel like if you were to like have a ratio of how much how many pessimists there are in the world versus optimists i think it's really hard work to be an optimist and so that's why there are less people because it requires more training more mental fortitude to be an optimist because you gotta fucking weather the day every single day of all the shit that gets thrown at you in order to maintain your optimism where pessimists are just like i knew it (laughs) you know (laughs) 
<laughs> I knew that. I knew that. I knew that. Oh yeah, I knew that tiger was gonna bite my fucking head off. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, the optimists are the ones who get ahead. Then the optimists are the ones who like push forward and like lead side but it's just like the reason i get so exasperated with thinking about the world is because i feel like there are too many pessimists in power right and here's we can say uh optimists are the ones who lead humanity forward but i just feel like the only progress that optimist makes are actually i shouldn't even like break it down into a dichotomy I only feel like the progress that we have as humanity comes because people uh, in power are like, well, I can see how that will make me profit in some way or that I can see how that will benefit me in some way. So I'll allow it. Right. It only ever comes at that. Yeah. Time, but that, that only happens. of them gaining more power or yeah. someone gaining more power. Well, that, that only, I mean, that's not I don't think that's 100 percent true. 100 percent of the time. I do think that is mostly true. Majority of the time, though. Um, but that all that only happens because the people who are trying to do good make it happen. It's not just one person who makes things happen. It's a whole movement of things that happen, and a lot of bunch of factors that make something go. Like for example, LBJ would have never passed the Civil Rights Act if it weren't for MLK and his protests, as well as the other uh, black leaders at the time pushing for that. Um, including Malcolm so? X. Yes, I I 100% think so because LBJ had no incentive to do so. The Not only like getting a new voter base that you can like that wouldn't be an incentive for him. He was he had to he had to be his arm had to be twisted for it for it to happen. Like he was not he's he was a Democrat from the South, so he was part of that racist culture, and he wasn't as racist as some of the other people clearly, but he he only did it because of the pressure. Like if he, if that pressure wasn't there, he could have, he would have gone away with it and he probably could have, I mean, he wasn't even planning on running for reelection. So like, it didn't matter anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, same thing with FDR. Cause I'm reading a book on FDR right now. And even though he is the most left president, he wasn't himself a leftist. The main reason he did a lot of the things he did is because the left was putting pressure on him to do it. And he wanted to appease them by being like, well, we don't want to be communists. So in order to not be communists, let's make a compromise with them so that we can satisfy them and satisfy the workers as well. And then he created some of the best legislation and whatever you want to call it exactly. in, in our history. <laughs> and then it was shat upon. By the, for the next 70 years. Anyway. Yeah, progress. <laughs> hey, hey, at least we got it, okay? And the only reason... I'm not going to fucking say... I'm not going to look. look at a house. If you have your house <laughs> burning down in front of you, I do not want you ever to turn to me and be like, as my house is burning down right in front of me, be like, well, at least you had it at some point. No, no, I'd rather have never have had it than what? To, to watch it burn down No, in front it means of me. it's possible again. The only reason FDR got to that point, the only reason FDR got to that point, and the only reason we got to that point as a country is because we had a progressive movement that started in the 1880s, and okay. they pushed for 50 years yeah. to get to that point. Okay? I, no. Okay. I, I, I agree with you. It is absolutely necessary to have those things. I'm not saying I wouldn't want that legislation. It's just like I will never look at something and be like, well, at least we had it at some point. It's like, no, I want it now. <laughs> I don't want to ever have to be like appreciative of the things that – uh, I, that well, it's less have. about appreciating it. It's more of like let's. This is an example of how we can be, and this is what we need to work towards. And if it, we okay. if we are able to do it before, we can do it again. Okay, it's, yeah, that's how I'd prefer to look at it. Not, yeah, not like appreciating. Yeah, I, I, I hate I mis- that. I misspoke. Yeah, you're right. You're I right. hate whenever people are like, 
well, there are people who have it worse off than you. It's just like, yeah, but I'm me. <laughs> and and I would I do if I ever in like run into that person, I will always try and like how do I say this? If I run into a person who has it worse off than me, I'll try and help them, right? You try and help them. Anybody would try and help them. But when it comes to my own personal problems, I will never lower the priority in my head of those problems because someone else has it worse. Because otherwise, you, ne- you never get anything done. Well, I mean, that's just, I mean, there's nothing you can really do about that because we're all bored. None of us chose to be in the positions we're in, right? So, you know, we are more privileged than a lot of people, but we were never, we didn't ask to be born into this position. So all we can do is decide what to do about that. Yeah. Well, I just feel like anytime it gets reflected back at me, I feel like someone's like, hey, don't complain about this or don't seek change because it, it's like the one I always get is like I uh, like interact with a lot of people who are or I've interacted with a lot of people who are like immigrants from different countries like Venezuela or Mexico. And I would try and talk to them about situations. And it's weird. It's like I have to treat it the same way I would treat a political discussion with my parents where I have to isolate the topics. Because if I ever say something like, geez, living in this country is a fucking drag sometimes, they'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? You guys are so fucking rich up here. You got this. It's like, yes, 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 yes. I know. I get it. That's how my dad is. Yeah, but it's just like I am allowed to take responsibility for the problems of my country that's just how it is you know i am allowed to be like exactly yeah and it's just like i feel like the people are like you need or they don't say it like with such uh antagon or they're not being antagonistic with it but they're like oh my gosh you have so many things here and here but if i were to talk to them like for example a discussion they have about roe v wade or the uh uvalde shootings is that how you pronounce it uvalde i think so yeah the Valde shootings, I'd be like, if I talk to them about those problems in an isolated way, I'd be like, geez, you hear what happened here, right? Crazy, huh? Or like, geez, it's just really fucked up. It makes you kind of want to move or not live here anymore. They'd be like, oh, yeah, I just don't understand it. We don't have that in my country. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> yeah, we got it here. But then if I were to be like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I were to, like, link it in any well, sort of yeah, way. Well, that's the problem. Like, um... And I, I agree in the sense that, like, first off, people think about concepts. They have emotions attached to concepts, right? Mm-hmm. So when they, when you hear socialism, you're like, oh, I hate that. But then when you say $15 minimum wage, most people will say, oh, yeah, I like that. Or, like, if you say, like, public, you know, public education or public college or f- public free tuition free public college, they'd be like, yeah, that sounds good, right? I feel like. So, like, it's separate. The issue is separate from, like, the attachment to what... Because the label of socialism has been propagandized and they've attached emotions to it that Mm -hmm. aren't logical. But when you separate out what the socialists actually want by issue by issue, a lot of them people actually tend to agree with, right? That's the same thing with, like, when you complain about America in general. People are like, how dare you? You should be appreciative. But then when you talk about specific issues, like, yeah, they're going to be like... They're going to agree with you, like, Uvalde was terrible stuff like that and so that's one of the hard things about you know politics and arguing with people it's just and having discussions with people is that you have to be able to have these conversations without all these stupid attachments that are illogical 
And the other thing I was going to say is like in response, usually when people say you should be appreciative of this country, it's like, like you said, we were born in this country. This is a country we can change. I don't live in, say, Colombia, so I can't change Colombia, right? Mm. I know Colombia is worse than America. No one's saying that's not the case. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it's not. Pro- that's like saying, like, if you had a fucking, like, say, a soccer team and, like, say there's, like, uh, you're like in 10th place that season and it's like, oh, we can do better. It's like, hey, well, we're in the first division. So it's like, yeah, no. great. We're in the first division. I still want to be first place. Like, why the fuck, why do we not want to improve? Since yeah. when is wanting to improve a bad thing and unpatriotic? I never yeah. understood that. Yeah, I mean, it just, I don't know. Like, I don't want to speak down, but it just requires a level of like awareness self-awareness but like just i don't know how to probably describe it i don't want to i don't want to say it's intelligence because there's some pretty smart people who have fucked up like thought processes yeah but there's like a level of um distinct way of thinking where you don't have you can isolate your gut reactions separate from things like if you were if for example if i were to walk into your house and you just inherited a house this is how i think you think about it like soccer i'm thinking like a house right because i'm in fucking real estate <laughs> jesus christ it's corrupted my brain someone lobotomized me um the uh the like if you inherit a house and it's got like you know rotting floors or, or like no like a ceiling that needs to be replaced and like sheetrock needs to be replaced and fucking electrical uh is it like an electrical system that's just fucked right if i were to like walk in and be like yes yeah, geez this is a real piece of shit right like you have to isolate that gut reaction to be like hey you don't speak that way about my house it's like no it is a piece of shit and that's not a, a that's just a objective yes. statement you wouldn't live in here would you you know um but yeah like the thing you're saying is like it's funny because i feel like you are around people who are more progressive so if you were to say 15 dollars minimum wage they'd be like yeah yeah the thing's great but if i were to say that they'd be they they would still be like what the fuck are you, you okay son? i mean yeah that was i, I well okay it depends where you are right because yeah. um for me it's more like i have to be like yeah wouldn't it be nice if we got paid a little bit more <laughs> kind of hard to pay for stuff huh well, guys it's like i feel like the 15 dollar thing is only unpopular in suburban areas because i think rural people and urban people both agree that 15 dollars an hour is great because if you look in florida for example in 2020 they had the ballot measure to vote for you know approve 15 dollar minimum wage or not they voted for trump like he won like 54 46 i don't remember exactly the exact number so don't quote me on that and minimum wage did better than Trump did in Florida. It won by 60-40. So obviously a bunch of Republicans also voted for the minimum wage. So it's a bipartisan issue for most people. It's just unfortunately we live in fucking suburbia in Atlanta. So like there's a lot of rich people and a lot of people who like to think that they know how economics works even though they don't and pretend like a $15 minimum wage is actually an issue when it isn't. So it shouldn't even be $15. It should be more. Well, this at this is point, it should be a stupid fucking thing. <laughs> this is why we can't get into this. I get so mad because we are talking about like fucking Legos and shit when it should be like when we should be dealing with real car parts, you know? $15 is behind. Even that's behind. I mean, it we're, is. we're fighting we're fighting for it's like I'm back in school again and like I'm talking with the teachers about an assignment that was due at the beginning of the year and it's the end of the year, right? <laughs> and it's like, well, it's just, it's, we're past it. We're just no longer relevant anymore. $15 an hour is just like ridiculous. And the fact that I think it's just because 
like I hate to say it, but it's just like it, it's such a incredibly like I, I would say it's a human flaw of thinking that like like despite knowing that we all die, right? <laughs> and that there is an end and that there is a cap to life, I feel like as a collective species, we don't have that perception about ourselves, right? We have this perception that we will go on in perpetuity and we have to continually progressing, which I even think about it in games a lot. Like, for example, Magic the Gathering and Yu-Gi-Oh, right? Like these games have been a around for a while now, right? So what's going to happen? Are they really just going to keep on adding in mechanics? Like how many more mechanics are there? Yeah. There is a finite number. I like. To, I know people say, well, creativity is infinite, but it really isn't. I feel like we're going to reach a point where like we have like a finite number of things and we just have to learn to be like, well, this is what we have now, right? And the economy is the same way. It's, it is it is not a thing that needs to have no cap on the top. It needs to be viewed like an aquarium where the water needs to go in and be cleansed and it needs to be taken care of. And money is not that like money is not treated that way. It's treated like infinite growth. Exactly. Which is impossible. I mean, and every time they it happens too quickly. I mean, just look at both Japan and the U.S. when they both had increased huge bubbles that you know increase way too fast they both completely crashed and almost never recovered i mean we're still recovering from both 2008 and now the pandemic which we're probably never going to recover from and then japan is still recovering from their crash in the early 90s right um where they had they had um i think i think they were had some of the fastest growth economically in the world for like three decades straight or something mm -hmm. which was insane and then they just completely crashed and never recovered, right? Yeah. So it's like you can't have infinite growth. That's not how it works. There is always a cost to everything. And if you continue to, you know, I mean, I feel like it's a game for these people, for the people who are, it, like, at the top of the economy. They're just yeah. rolling the dice until eventually everything gets fucked. But it doesn't matter because the government's going to bail out all the rich fucks who destroyed our economy in the first place. And then we're going to be the ones who have to foot the bill because yeah. that's how it works because they pay off the government. So the only thing that we can do is we have to stop those rich fucks because they're the ones who cause the problems and then they don't get any of the consequences when they when everything goes to shit. Mm -hmm. See, that's why I don't even want to talk about it because it's just like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Like, I'm not saying that we should not, we should stop fighting, but don't I don't worry. I feel irresponsible about saying this, but it's just like, I feel like I'm I'm already exhausted. Like, I'm already tired and it's just like, We've talked about this before. Everyone has a role, right? Yeah. There's people who are the activists. Like, there's a reason that everyone's an activist or, you know, a person who's out there doing the work because you need a certain group doing that because you can't have everyone do that because, first off, it's exhausting. And second off, like, you do need, like, everyone has to play the role of you need the voters, you need the people in the movement, you need the people in the power. And, like, you know, it's not, it's okay to not be out there in the streets protesting or, like, knocking on doors or whatever you can yeah. everyone contributes in their own way mm -hmm. as long as you don't get like i said before i, mean, I, I would never do that stuff my route would be more like i'd try and go to law school and yeah like try and like be a yeah. lawyer but then the entire prospect of like that you're just already losing the moment you decide well i'm gonna try and do something good with my life it's just like go to law school that's money that you have to pay right that's debt that you have to get yourself into which is an interest rate that you have to tie yourself with and then you go to law school and then you're hit with a decision do you want to make money or do you want to do good 
If you do good, you will be poor forever. <laughs> if you want to make money, you have to be a bad guy, you know, and be a corporate lawyer who fucking defends companies from lawsuits and any sort of regulation, which they don't even have to follow now since the EPA has been fucking neutered. <laughs> You know, right? That happened, right? Yes. Okay. Yay! <laughs> Yay! So <laughs> I love living. Actually, no, I'm not. I just want to go back to play video games. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm going to depress you more because I was listening to a podcast the other day about how they're talking about they're they're because of the EPA decision. They're starting to think that they're trying to basically roll back every single Supreme Court decision that was progressive since FDR. We because... should rename this podcast. <laughs> this podcast is called Gabe Saddens Nick. <laughs> Gabe emotionally punches Nick in the nose <laughs> with news. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, this is why I have to control myself because I'm this close. I am this close from voting third party in this year's elections. But it's like, I know wow. that if the Democrats lose the Senate, we are absolutely fucked if they get another Supreme Court nominee. <laughs> because of I, thought we, I thought it was the House that the Democrats had. No, they have both. But they're definitely losing the House. Like, the House is gone. There's no way they're going to get it back. Wait, like, like I thought it's the pretty Republicans much had the majority in the Senate. That's why they keep on saying, hey, we we're, we I see these things on Twitter where they're like, hey, we pushed something through the House. And I'm like, oh, yeah, great. And then they're like, it has to go through the Senate, which I mean, is not going to happen. I mean, technically, they have a majority because Joe Manchin is basically a Republican. But no, it's 50-50 in the, in the Senate. And technically, the Democrats have the majority because a tie, the tiebreaker is the vice president. Who's then how Kamala do they Harris. not push any of this shit through? Because Joe Manchin is a Republican. I'm going to go <laughs> fucking insane. Did you not know that? I don't pay attention to these things because yes, it makes the me Democrats, mad the democrats technically have the majority in the senate ah, dude this podcast needs to be renamed <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be renamed too uh <laughs> which by the way the only reason we have the majority is because we voted Ossoff and warnock in georgia good for us so good for us on this one i'm sure that will stay forever well, so yeah, that's that's why I'm like, okay. Well, no, you can't vote third party, dude. I How have we flipped on this? I'm not going to. <laughs> I, okay, I wasn't. I'm not going to vote third party on. I was only gonna. I was only thinking about voting third party against Warnock because he's a piece of shit when it comes to immigration. Oh, is he? Yeah, but like, if they if another Supreme Court justice like retires or dies in the next two years between now and 2024, which isn't going to happen. They're all pretty young, right? Well, Clarence. Clarence Thomas is a little old, so is um. How old is he? I don't know. If you say sixty or seventy, that That's means he's point. got ten good years <laughs> in him. That's a good point. I mean, obviously they're going to try not to leave. Uh, Dude, I can't even think about this sort of stuff. But what I'm, what I was going to say is, if we get an, if we by some miracle get another justice, and we have a Democratic Senate and Biden, then we can get another Democrat, a liberal judge, we can, which can stop some of the terrible shit. Okay, so we have, uh, where is it? The oldest is Clarence Thomas. He's 74. 74. That man's got 10 good years of being a jackass in him. <laughs> Bro, he's, and he's, al he's also the longest serving. He's been in there for 30 years. He's been in there for 30 years? Yeah. This, oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. 
It makes me so mad. <laughs> but what I'm saying, you, you never know. Maybe maybe they get COVID. Maybe <laughs> him and the, I, I, yeah. I don't even know what to say. I can't even really contribute that much. I mean, I've, yeah, I've been actively trying to seventy-two. That's not. I mean, they could. Isn't it dumb that we're banking on the fucking <laughs> life expectancy of these old farts? <laughs> Jesus Christ! I mean, heaven. yeah, it is extremely stupid. I'm banking on I revelations mean, happening. The Supreme. <laughs> I think the seven-headed beast, or ever, however the fucking many heads he has. Uh, coming out of the ocean would have a better outcome for us as a whole than continuing to let these schmucks fucking do anything. I mean, the Supreme Court wasn't even meant... Like, the Founding Fathers didn't really even know what the Supreme Court was supposed to do. The the way, the way modern Supreme Court, the way it works, wasn't even established until 50 years at, or 40 years after the nation was created, like in the 1820s. I, I don't even care what most of that fucking horseshit says. Like bringing up the founding fathers i don't they are dead who cares you you might as well be saying well this is what the egyptian pharaohs had in mind for the for the the jews and everything like that you know like and for for their people it's just like it's gone i'm talking about now you cannot tell me that anything that they have to say about humanity outside of like actually no out anything they might have to say about humanity remotely applies to the situation we're dealing with. Well, it's only because they wrote the Constitution, which is what our country is supposed to be based off of. So we do have to run around that framework. I don't know. I, I disagree. I'd say that, well, I shouldn't disagree so uh, quickly. Do not believe in a constitutional democratic republic. Wait, constitutional? There's four words. I forgot what the fourth one is. There's like four words to describe the country, but I forgot what it was. Anyway, keep going. Uh, fuck shit ass <laughs> piss. There you go. Um, no, I, I mean, I like this country. I, I, I like this country. I like its nature, like the nature, natural aspect of this country. Representative democracy. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just trying to figure this out. <laughs> I, I, what I'm saying is just like, I feel like there's something to be said about like, this is the document. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'm looking at it too much like a, like a computer and being like, this is how these rules apply. These are the rules. Quit trying to fucking figure out or using the justification of this is what the founding fathers wanted. You don't know. You just have what they wrote down. Like that's true. Let's just not even if it was the Constitution. I feel like the, then again, it probably puts too much power in the hands of greedy people who already have too much power of like continually. Um, what is it? Continually. Uh, certifying or re-verifying that we follow the constitution you know what i'm saying like an annual like audit of like hey do we believe in this still well yes we do believe in theoretically this still. we could do a constitutional convention which would be basically what they did back in the 1780s to, re- to create the constitution um enlighten me i don't i don't know what that means so um a constitutional convention convention could be called where you would basically re- create a new constitution if you wanted to. The uh, problem is is that there's no really set parameters for what a constitu- constitutional convention looks like. So theoretically, anything could happen, either good or bad. Yeah. So a lot of people don't know if they should do that. 
I'm kind of on the fence on it. I'm like, mm, it sounds like a good idea. It I mean, could be, fix a lot of things. But on that one other hand, most state legislatures, because the thing is, if we do call a constitutional convention, it would be called by the state legislatures. And most of them are controlled by Republicans, which would probably not end well. But then but, wouldn't that change, <laughs> like that very power dynamic change would change how the, the outcome of things? Because I feel like most things are, most state, like you said, is Republican controlled. But like how many people actually give a shit? Like, most people only care about the president. That's when they go out and vote, right? Isn't that isn't the reason that, like, the Democrat or the Republicans probably control most of it is because Democrats don't go out to vote for state level? Yeah, it's a combination of things. It's that and also gerrymandering, um, which makes it so that the districts are drawn in a certain way. So usually people of color lose voting power. That's usually how it happens, although Democrats do gerrymander as well, so it's not just that. But most of the time, it is Republicans who do it. Um, but, like, yeah, it's because we don't vote <laughs> down yeah. ballot. Um, so, like, because I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think three-quarters of the states have to call a constitutional convention. So, essentially, there's a certain amount of states that have to pass a resolution that says, we're calling a constitutional convention. And once three quarters do that, then you have it officially and they send delegates, which theoretically doesn't have to be state legislative people. It can be technically anyone because mm-hmm. there's again, there's no rules for it, although I would assume they would send state legislative people. The only thing that's so far that's happened, which is very sad, honestly, there's 12. I th- there's, a, there's a number of states. I don't remember the exact number, but there's a number of states that have passed that the Constitutional Convention. But it's been it's being pushed by a libertarian right wing thing. So the three the three things they want to do with the constitutional commission is balance the budget, which would immediately eviscerate this country if they did that. Um, set what does term that even limits. mean? What, is, what does balancing the budget mean? I mean we're at zero with spending and revenue, oh. which means we're currently I think twenty one trillion in debt. We're in the twenty trillions Woo! in debt. So, like, if we balance the budget right now, the economy of the United States would completely collapse and we'd probably go bankrupt and this country probably wouldn't exist anymore. Hell so, yeah, <laughs> I'm saying I'm we sure they do it. I'm sure those great libertarians know so much about economics that they can't, can't wait for that. I'm saying we do it. <laughs> we do it. Let's fucking go, People dude. People who say we need to balance the budget make me laugh so hard because that just means they don't understand economics and it's so funny. <laughs> I'm just saying we need to do a, we need to do a full wipe. Let's, let's do a brand new account. Let's just, you know, brand new character. Let's restack our our skill points and whatever tree we want. Let's just fucking do it, dude. Because, like, obviously things aren't going well. Uh, balancing the budget isn't restarting. It's just destroying our end. Yes. And from that, the, from the ashes <laughs> of that country. I'm just kidding. Um, no, but um, oh, maybe we could. So what it sounds like with the with the constitutional convention, what it sounds like you're saying is this thing already exists. Nick, you idiot. You fucking thought of something <laughs> that already exists again. How about you fucking well, read a book? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Annual audits are different because that's that, that is an interesting idea. I mean, I don't know how that would play out. It's you would have to make a, out. you would have to make a constitutional amendment to make that happen in the first place. But an, an annual audit of the constitution would be interesting. I think what would be more interesting is if we had more direct democracy and we had ballot initiatives on the federal level so people could just vote for things so they can just fucking circumvent these pieces of shit. So like say you could put $15 minimum wage on the ballot and everyone just votes for it in a presidential year and then that way you can't you don't have to worry about these fucks who are in congress to have to pass these things. But uh, I would agree, but it just—I feel like every time we come up with a solution, it requires 
an even more intensive process of regulation than what we currently have. So uh, what you're saying, right, is essentially something that would like bypass and remove the need for Congress people, right? Yeah, I mean, but then you would instead of having Congress people who are subject to laws and 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 uh, uh, like rules and things like that, I feel like well, you have you're gonna have to like people are gonna need to be literate on these subjects, which are they're, they're not gonna be, <laughs> they're not gonna be literate. So what are they gonna do? People are going to lobbyists who will profit from the laws being changed are gonna hire reps who are going to explain things to people who basically are gonna act like congressmen, except. They don't. They aren't subject to rules. Instead of having to have that lobbying politician, or yeah, lobbying, sorry, lobbyist politician partition, right in between them. Now they don't. Now they just get directly fucking paid from the companies. That it's just like it's every solution that we come up with is like, well, yeah, well, here's three other ways they can exploit the fuck out of it. And that's why we just have to get rid of capitalism. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, that's not a big ask. Even with that one, you're like, well, let's get a, get, get rid of capitalism. It's just like, okay, I'm well, not... let's dismantle the system and create a power vacuum where an even more uh, totalitarian government takes over because the, the power vacuum is never going to be I, utilized for I'm the not, benefit of the people. I was just kidding. But like, <laughs> there's obviously a balance to be had between capitalism and socialism that needs to be figured out. Just and what better the conditions for people. Like these rich people can stay being rich. You can stay being rich. Just make it so that we aren't as miserable and we won't fucking come for your ass. We're not going to come for your ass regardless, but it's just like. I think they will. I don't think so. I have such a pessimistic view of like people unifying and doing something. I feel like I think... people can be very. Uh, they will f like if you talk about or if you think about it from the perspective of person in power versus person not in power i think they are aware of any sort of threat that will come for them and so they will put extra money into putting something forth that will distract or uh lull the people into a sense of thing well so like they'll cut the, the subscription price of netflix down to five dollars or whatever oh no is. i think i honestly think that we're getting to the point where that's not going to work anymore it's, and i also think that we're to the point where a lot of people at the top have forgotten that specific lesson where if you want to keep the people at bay and like not have them come at your throat you have to give them at least a minimum amount of something so they stay distracted that's yeah. no lo that's not happening anymore like it's it's going to the point where corporations are becoming so brazen with their corruption and their like fuck the people attitude mm -hmm. that they're just doing it without really caring about the consequences because they've gone away with it so so much in the last few decades that like they they've kind of have this air of invincibility around them and arrogance that they I think are going to be vulnerable to attack soon because they're not taking the steps necessary to actually keep the people at bay, which is why we're seeing more violence in the U.S. The one thing they do have is that we are still divided and we're more, more so attacking each other than we are attacking the real enemy. Mm -hmm. However, that's not necessarily going to be the case for long, especially if someone takes the wrong path. I mean, a lot of people think like George Soros is like a evil corporate mastermind, right? And he is a billionaire and he is bad in one respect. Or I think he's, a, I don't remember if he's a billionaire or not, but oh, absolutely. he's super, there's no way he's not. Okay. He's super wealthy. Right. And a lot of right wingers fucking despise this man. Right. So it's like, really? He, oh yeah. 
They think he's oh, like... Oh, yeah, you, you're yeah, right. Yeah, because yeah. they think he's like the liberal lead that's like controlling the world. Anyway, him and Bill Gates. So like those two, I think, are specific examples of like people who have targets on their back, and they're probably going to see the consequences of that soon. I'm not saying I endorse this. I'm not saying that this is a good thing. I'm just saying that's probably going to happen unless we make radical changes to actually help the working class and appease people to the point where like we won't have this violent uprising. Because to be perfectly frank, we're getting to a point where I think we're having so much negativity, so much violence, and the economy is going down. I think all of this is, and we have more racism going up and uh, all that stuff. All of this is a recipe for a disaster of like a violent eruption coming out. Mm-hmm. And that they're not going to be immune to it. Just because they have money, they can't be protected by like... I mean, they could escape the country, sure. Oh, I, mean, I absolutely think that they would be immune to it because of their money. I don't think that, like, do you know where Bill Gates lives? Yeah, you know but he George goes Soros lives. Like, I'm not saying it's it's going to be easy, but I do think that it, there's going to be a point where the pitchforks come out, and there, there's going to be a point where they're not going to be able to yeah, stop They're going to be in fucking Panama drinking fucking mo- <laughs> mojitos and some shit. Like, I, I've, already, I've already, like, thought about this. I was like, oh, I can absolutely see. I mean, they're already kind of doing that with, like, uh... What is it with the uh, resorts and shit where they're just buying up land in South America and in, in the tr- in the tropical area and just utilizing for stuff? I'm like, that is the next step. It's like, uh, you ever see that movie Elysium? No. Uh, the premise of the movie essentially is that the Earth is, you know, the environment's fucked, and all the poor people live in these mega cities in mm. uh, on Earth. And it's just desolate and trashy and fucking, it's just, everybody's poor, right? And all the wealthy people live in this uh, satellite um, that, like, orbits above Earth. And it's, like, this massive satellite thing. It's just, like, I can easily see the the wealthy people doing that. They already do it, first of all, um, with their money. You don't think they would do that with their person, with their own personal, like, where they live, living outside of the the hazard zone you know where, i mean like the where the the local governments will give them so much leeway because they're bringing like even they're bringing their wealth to that country it's just like yeah we'll let you, you can you can do whatever you want to me i don't know i just think there's so much arrogance from them now that i think they're gonna fuck up and probably be face the consequences See, of that they don't even have to be smart anymore yes, they, they hire do. people to do that for them yeah but again i think Whoever is in charge of that is not doing a good job. And I think that, like, I think there is going to be, I know this sounds that terrible, and I shouldn't say this, but, like, a day of reckoning for a lot of these people. Not a lot of them, but at least a few of them. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, it's not just going to be them. I'm sure politicians are going to be in the crossfires of that as well. But um, I don't, like, it's coming to this point, and I don't know, and the only way I can see it happening, I mean, stopping the only way I can see us stopping it from happening is by having some form of radical change and radical change for our system to where we can actually support regular people again. Yeah. Um, I mean, I agree like, with that, but I don't see a day of reckoning happening. I just don't see any sort of adequate, uh, like, retribution happening to these people. Not in the way that it needs to happen to create some sort of thing. You might have, like, a minor thing, but it's like 2008. Like, and even speaking with the conservative people I know, what they're going to do is we might have an incredibly terrible set of three or four months where the economy is absolutely fucking terrible dog shit. 
and they're going to blame and the 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 conservatives are going to spin it and they're going to blame it on the minorities they're going to blame it on the people coming into the country and they're going to blame it on the lack of morals and set of things that allow trans people and and uh uh, uh gay people to exist they're going to blame it on them and the democrats <laughs> and the Demo- yeah, of course the democrats they're going to blame it on the democrats and then uh there might arrest one person just like they did in 2008 and just like they did with uh, Jeffrey Epstein and, and Ghislaine Maxwell. They're going to they're arrest and find one person guilty, um, a scapegoat, and then things are going to go back to the way they were. They may make things a little bit easier for people just so that they don't. They're going to suspend that temporarily, and then people are going to forget. And then because I, I know that we all see a lot of people getting angry. I get that. But the thing is about uh, any sort of conflict or any sort of like mobilized effort is that it has to go past the initial emotion, right? Pearl Harbor and 9-11, right, created a whole lot of sentiment, uh, pro like pro country, a lot of anger towards, you know, uh, terrorism and or, or in the case of uh, World War Two against the Japanese and the Axis the Axis powers. But in order to sustain that, you have to have an organization, the military in that case, that creates and turns these people into something where it goes past their emotion, past their initial emotion. And you don't have that with the people. You have an, an incredibly emotionally driven people, even more so nowadays because everybody's attention span is so fucking mind, is so small, right? They will be outraged and they'll maybe grant them like, two or three concessions in terms of legislation that are really not really concessions in the sense of like, we'll get a $15. This is all theory, right? We'll get a $15 minimum wage, which really doesn't solve anything as we both know, uh, because we're, we're behind. We probably need like a $22 minimum wage. Um, and something along those lines, some probably maybe marijuana, maybe something with drugs, maybe something with like trans people or something like that. They'll do that for the next five years, and then they'll go back to being fucking jackasses and trying to exploit people as much as they possibly can. That's what I see happening, because I feel like that's what happened with 2008. Yeah, but 2008 was the first time it happened, and people woke up to that not being, you know, being, that was the bullshit that was sold to them, right? And that's why we created movements that we had, like, Occupy Wall Street, and then now we have, you know, Bernie Sanders creating movement of on the left that I think has changed a lot of things and there's a lot more people prepared to do more than just sit on there or like just protest right i mean it's it takes a long time to build movements right this the i'm going to talk about the left but but like in general move the these kind of leftist movements or like progressive movements that like were big in the 60s all died off in the 70s and 80s and completely like went dormant right pretty much they were still there but they weren't doing much and then um since 2008 that's starting to increase again and explode again right so we're in a new era of movement building where people are slowly but surely organizing and creating this um building this up to where we can actually have some a little bit more power again and so i think that is going to come to a fore it might i don't know if it'll be soon enough to actually help us but it i think it will happen not too long in the future to where we can actually have power enough power to actually implement change and actually start changing things in the right direction whether there's enough time and whether we're going to do it fast enough 
I think is the real it's the big question. But I do think it is going to happen soon enough. Just because it happened before in 2008 doesn't mean it's going to happen again the same exact way. Because I do think a lot of people learn from 2008. Some in the right way, some in the wrong ways. And they're going to see through the bullshit. Most people don't believe in institutions anymore. So most of the time they can see through the bullshit. We just have to be able to like figure out how to channel that energy in a strong way. And I don't think we're necessarily there yet, but I think we're starting to get there soon. Mm. Again, it just depends on whether we have enough time to do it or not. Yeah. I guess that's kind of like to tie it back into that original like thing I was talking about, like about knowing how people interact with things, like in terms of like how many people interact with this concept on the internet? Like how many people actually did learn from 2008? Because I feel like when you when you learn about it, you surround yourself with people and knowledge and, you know, the media that you consume uh, of of uh, of things that are about that. Right. Like uh, uh, like about 2008, you surround yourself with or you watch YouTubers who talk about, you know, 2008. But like how many people are truly aware of that sort of stuff and have changed their their mindset because of it? Because I think it's enough. I don't know, because I feel like just the, the average, the layman just doesn't. Because I feel like I treat the people that I work with that way. Like in my head, if I were to create a model of what is the uh, average voter of the United States, what are they like? And my workplace is pretty good because a lot of those people have uh, socially liberal ideas and uh, economically conservative ideas, right, until you talk to them about specific things. Then you can really push them. Um depending on what but anyways generally that's how they are and that's how they vote and it's just like you talk to those people and it's just like they're borderline delusional about the economy they think i keep on asking them like so what's the plan if uh, everything goes down they're like oh, i don't think it will i don't think it will i think we've reached a new like a new point like a new level i'm just like you are insane. This is what everybody says before anything like that happens. Everybody says, oh, it's not going to go down. How can you not be aware about that? And then you think they don't even know. They don't consume that media. And these are the people who I feel represent the majority of the United States. Well, I don't know. I think that since you work in real estate, I think it's a very specific subset of people who have a in, – a muddied interest and in not not going down. So of course they're going to be in denial about them, that. Though. I'm not like you're right. You're absolutely right. And the people I talk to, yeah, they do. But it's just like I don't. I don't have that. I'm not. I operate in the system, and so I want the company to succeed because I have a vested interest in it too. Like, but I still don't think that way. I think skeptically because thinking skeptically gets you ahead of crashes. Not thinking skeptically and thinking optimistically makes you vulnerable to them yeah I mean, and i just i don't know like these i feel like even not not just people that i talk to in work but outside of work too like uh, family members on the other side of the family and uh, uh just people like like people that you run into right you talk to them about these things and it's just like they don't know about it they don't think to know about it nor do they want to know about it like they will get mad only when their paycheck starts getting affected and it's starting to get affected now. But then it's like that. It's like I said, it's emotional. Like the moment you're like, oh, yeah, we'll just throw you a little bit more money. It's just like, yeah, you're good. It's the thing that Trump did to try and secure his election. What did he do? The Republicans are against giving people money until 
they think that they're going to get threatened by it. Then they give people money and people are like, we'll vote for you. Yeah. Look how, look at that. Look how close he was to winning. Right? Like, it shouldn't have been that close. The man is responsible for a pandemic. The buck stops with him. That alone proves to me that people are not as different as, as you think they are. Like, I want to believe you, but I just feel like it, they just aren't. They don't, they don't learn about these things. They're way too... How do I say this? The reason I said the reason I said it's enough is that you only need a certain group of people to mobilize other people, right? There's leaders, there's activists, and there's organ there's leaders, there's organizers, and then there's the you know voters, right? Regular mm-hmm. people. Regular people in reality are pretty fickle. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna say that's not the tr- the case, but. When I say enough, I mean enough people who are going to become organizers and leaders to lead the people in the right direction, right? Because that's what we need. Like, yeah, you might be right that a majority of people don't have, haven't significantly shifted their views on the economy enough based on 2008. But if enough people who are actually doing the work to get policy changes and actually uh, change our society, whether that's through the government or through politics or even through like labor unions or outside of the government, uh, outside of the mainstream, that's fine as well. All those people are, are have been changed by that and are doing work to go towards that. And I think if we can organize people in a way to go to that direction, then it, it, it can be successful. Yeah. But it just looks impossible right now. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'm just this is why I like. Because even what, though I know this is a part, uh, what a portion of our podcast is about, <laughs> like I've been trying to take like take back my 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 interaction with these topics because I feel like I'm just way too inherently pessimistic on these things, and I have such a negative view of 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 humanity in general. And uh, it, it's it's no there's no moral thing behind it. I don't think we're inherently like cursed or uh, we don't have original sin or anything like that. Like it's just a flaw in our psychology it, it it if you could really if something i've been thinking about is just that uh the frontal lobe or our, where our consciousness or where who we are is i guess it's not the consciousness isn't there but like who we are in the frontal lobe um was developed for some sort of evolutionary reason maybe to fucking better see branches or have a little bit more like control over our fingers that way we don't fall to our death you know (laughs) as monkeys or some shit and with that came uh some unfortunate fucking upgrades um of developing society and and all these things and it's just like it's it's or some not not unfortunate unintentional and um i just don't think that there's what we're getting to the point is like we're taking something that was unintentional and I don't even know what I'm getting into. I just feel like none of this was meant to be, you know, it's all just too much. Everything is meant to be Nicholas. It's everything just... happens for a reason. That's what I believe. <laughs> it, it, yeah. I, I don't know. I like this. And this is why it's just like, I can't think about these things because I just, I'm way too fucking, and I don't want to be, but it's just like the way my brain is already oriented is just like, individually people are awesome i love interacting with people individually even the most conservative people of course racists are terrible right but like like even conservative people that i disagree with heavily 
you interact with them, they're super sweet. They're I super nice. I love Southern people because they're super nice, and I love getting called um, uh, sweetheart by an old lady <laughs> who I know would probably fucking rip my rip my head off on Facebook if I were to tell say anything about minimum wage, <laughs> right? But just <laughs> collectively, terrible, terrible. Yeah, but that's it's like a roach. That's what I mean. It's like <laughs> there is something there that we can work with. We just got to work hard to turn that negativity into something more positive. Well, you work hard on that. I'm going to try and I'm going to become a recluse. <laughs> <laughs> and with Sorry, that, everybody, I give up. He quits the podcast, everybody. It's just me. Mic now. drop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I think, well, I'll try and participate a little bit. I just, I'm not going to. When it it's comes okay. to politics, I'm just going to try and be like, hey, what's happening? And then you're going to be like, this is what happened. I'm going to be like, womp, womp. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Nicholas. This is a lifetime endeavor. And don't, again, like I said, everyone has their role. So don't worry. Just make your internet friends and we'll be good. Just spread the good <laughs> don't word. Don't worry. Go play your little video games. <laughs> go go make your little friends. <laughs> hey, we're doing a podcast. That's something. Yeah, I enjoy this. Exactly. I, yeah, I enjoy this one-on-one talking about it, Good Lord, I just cannot. It's like, I don't know, man. It's like, I'm not exaggerating, but sometimes I go outside and I think about everything that's happening, and maybe it's just, maybe I am blowing it up too much in my head, but it's just like, it feels apocalyptic. It no, feels it like is. I'm walking outside into the I fucking- I think we're watching an empire literally in decline as it just crumbles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? We're just watching it in slow motion. It sucks, dude. This sucks. We but did, I think we, it's going to be okay. I, like, I don't think the U.S. has to be the number one power for us to have a good country. No, no, no. We, I mean, it shouldn't be. That's not how things should be. It right. should be not be number one power. But I think we fucked up a long time ago, and we are just perpetuating those those issues forever. Because Ronald of, Reagan. <laughs> not even Ronald Reagan. No, just, just Just... <laughs> I think the first time a man One planted many. a seed in the ground, it was like, hey, <laughs> this shit grows. This shit grows. Look at this. And it all went downhill from there. You're going way back. All right. No, I mean, I, I do think that, like, you you can't blame it on one person, but, like. No, yeah, I agree. It's definitely systemic right ideas, like, of power hierarchies. Of the fir- first time someone's, like, drew a circle and been like, that's mine. <laughs> you want some of this pay me fucking royalties or whatever yeah, it is and it's the just first like, capitalist uh, yeah like i'm just kidding well okay. i mean it, it how is that any different <laughs> how and people will say it's corporatism but it's just like we're already back there we have kings jeff bezos yep. is richer than most Literally. kings that existed in the world Literally. and has more power like it's just not it's like i, I i've said before Power hierarchy, just like technology innovates and healthcare and all of that stuff innovates, so do power hierarchies. They also innovate. They become a lot more subtle in how they exert their fucking influence over everybody. It's not, uh, well, even, I mean, you can make the argument with the police, but it's just like, it's not people walking around and guards and fucking uh, soldiers walking around and, you know, <coughs> abducting people and things like that. And a that. guy with a crown or whatever. Yeah, it's just money. And, and super subtle, you know, just subtle actions. And, um, yeah, we, we fucked up a long time ago. 
the Bible can, was I right. <laughs> ever since, okay. ever since, I like to equate. I mean, like, I don't actually, but I do love equating things that happen to like uh, things in the Bible. I actually thought about this. I mean, a lot of people, particularly Christians, anytime like you know, uh, things start to get a little progressive in town. Um, <laughs> They start, they like to equate things to revelations. They're like, oh shit, revelations is happening. We're going to do this, this, and this. And I thought it'd be interesting to actually equate it to Genesis, which is uh, not the actual progressive stuff, but like, you know, the destruction of our environment and the the creation of the internet and therefore the increase of data-driven knowledge about humanity and like data-driven knowledge having this mirror essentially turned back on humanity and we see what we are and how we act. And uh, I like to equate it to Genesis of like the tree of knowledge and then the destruction of the environment equating it to getting kicked out of Eden. Mm, I see. And I thought that's a little bit more interesting is representing I guess that's cool. Adam and Eve who are representatives of humanity in the Bible, right, as representing humanity you know and like i was i also thought it'd be interesting because again this comes from like anime like anime has kind of like pushed my boundaries with like playing with the bible as something Mm. in terms of themes and not just necessarily echoing the themes in the bible right but uh we're getting off on a tangent but like instead of the concept of uh individually we go to heaven or hell uh, instead, we're collectively judged as a as a species, and by I don't know what the end like point of that would be, but like collectively as a species, we all go to heaven or we all go to hell. We're going to hell. We're going. <laughs> we're going to hell. <laughs> we're taking an Uber Black to I'll, hell. I'll, I'll. <laughs> That's the, that's the one thing I'll agree with you on. <laughs> that's where I'm pessimistic. <laughs> We're all going out. No, no, no. no. It's like, it, it, imagine if we did perceive it that way. Like, it was instead of an individual Collectivism thing, versus individualism. It's not even versus. There is no individualism. There, like, really? There is. The Renaissance would disagree. Why? Or was it the Age of Enlightenment? I Which think one? it was the Enlightenment. Yeah. The Age of Enlightenment would disagree. I think it was the Renaissance first and then the Age of Enlightenment. But yeah. I uh, like I should I guess I roll that back like obviously individuality exists but it is always in uh regard in respect or uh in contrast with where do you relate to the group well yeah I mean I think individuality is way way too far on the on the spectrum of individuality in the U.S. and Western society in general I think we need to have a much more balanced take of community and individual which like so funnily enough you know supposedly religion was supposed to do that but it didn't uh at least not in the modern era um well it kind of does but just well no it does it does create a sense of collective eh. it just doesn't really you we don't engage with it so we don't think it does but i've seen it and i still go to church sometimes and it's just those people i'm not but those people are so content they love it. They go there and they have a sense of community. Like it's a big part of their lives. Well, there's a difference between a sense of community and a sense of collectivism because their they their sense of community is only for their group and no one else, which is I don't think I mean I guess that's the same thing. I don't yeah. know. I mean I, I it's just like 
if it were, I feel like if it were true, we would see more of a sense of wanting to help their fellow man in in the political sphere. But I think we've seen that the religion, the the evangelicals, they do want to help their fellow man. But anybody that doesn't believe in their religion isn't man. I don't know, He's but an even, animal. even their fellow man, like if there's some guy who's poor and drunk on the street, they're just like, oh, well, that's your fault. You're poor because you're drunk instead of trying to help them because they're not, and mm. they vote for those kind of policies, the, right? I, I, like We're kind of getting, we're, I guess we're entering in the realm of like, uh, of religion. Like I, on a personal basis, believe that uh, economic factors and resources are more important than anything when it comes to this. But I can understand how people view, like they when they do that, when they go, like for example, when they do mission trips, right? And they go build a church, like to your mind, they're like, why the fuck are you building a church, right? They don't need that, they need water. But in the, but in the mind of a Christian, that is the most important thing. Like the church is first because like, if you build a church and some of them get saved and some of them die from the water that they don't have or die from thirst or what is it? Yeah. Thirst. What's, isn't there a dehydration dehydration yeah. die from dehydration? Well, at least they're saved. Right. And that's the most important thing because we're all going to die eventually. I know. I, I know. I understand that that's their, their mindset, but I'm still saying like, if, despite the fact that there is, it, it does confuse me that there's that contradiction of community, but they also vote and act t- towards policies that are very individualistic and very every man for himself, and they seem to act that way. But it's not even like as a really, group, not as individuals, but as a group. It's not even every man for himself, though. It feels like it. Like the what policies do they vote for that are that is every man for themselves? Well, I actually no, you're right. It is. I was thinking like they are voting for something that benefits them exclusively, but it doesn't even benefit. Them. It doesn't. That's the thing. <laughs> it doesn't benefit them. It screws them. It benefits their morality. Like it makes them feel good because they're like, oh, we're not voting even. for the pro life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like right. that. But like, it's not like economically it doesn't benefit them as mu- just as much as it doesn't benefit us. And yeah. it's like, that's why it's like, I, when I was thinking of individualism versus collectivism, I was thinking more of like Eastern culture versus Western culture because Eastern culture is a much more collectivist culture. Which, oh, but yeah. that's I think a good example of it going too far to the other side where it's too collectivist to a point where like they have a lot of other issues that they deal with, like people being ostracized from society because they're not normal. They don't like uh, conform to what the group is telling them to do. So yeah. I do think there's a lot of there's, and they're also more leading to they're also more um, susceptible communities like that are more susceptible to authoritarianism um, in certain ways, but like. Actually, that's not true. We're all successful authoritarianism. Disregard that last statement. But either way, um, there's there's pros and cons to each, right? The, the individuality versus like the co- collectivist mindset, and I think we need to find a better balance of that in the Western culture, um, yeah. which I do think that some countries have found with like the way they have their welfare states set up and supporting people who need help, but uh, also. Like it's it's good to be individualistic to the point where like you don't follow every single thing that like say Big Brother is telling you, but on the other hand, you also don't want to be so individualistic because we're in a society where everything that everyone else does impacts your life, and if you all aren't helping each other out, you're gonna get in each other's way instead, and it's gonna become a competition and a race to the bottom, yeah. where everyone is basically trying to throw everyone else out of the way so that they can go go just a little bit higher yeah. in a purely individualistic society. See that in business all too often. 
it's just like how many how it, it not instead of improving the product and you know creating a better product and paying people more and sort of thing how cheap and terrible can we make this thing and have people still buy it exactly i hate that shit man it's so fucking that that's the one thing i used to argue that when i was much more right wing mm-hmm. if that's how things should be and i would argue because people like i would say well this is how it used to be but i would say uh well socialism doesn't work look at venezuela and uh the uh, russia and and those places and then you would say well that's not real socialism and then i would say then you would bring up capitalism and i'd be like well that's not real capitalism and it's just like it, i hate these fucking labels because it has us it basically has us talking about this in the same way we talk about trading card games <laughs> where it's just like well no actually this this and this well no technically it's that it's just like we need to implement things just, it doesn't matter what the fucking name of it is. It's just like we need to have – if we're going to have businesses, we need to have businesses that are focused on making better products, not making cheap products, yeah. right? It's just a sentiment change. And just things are not that way, man. Things are not that way. I experience it all too often on a daily basis of how much can we cut costs? How much can I – this person this this person isn't working enough because of this, this, and this. And it's just like – Nope, that person's a living human being, and they're dealing with horse shit in this country they shouldn't have to deal with in the year 2020-fucking-two, where we have the ability to do anything in terms of technology, or nearly anything. We have a lot of problems that we could already solve with technology, or just human effort and intelligence, and we don't. Yeah, because... That's why I fucking hate just talking about this stuff. (laughs) Because it is complaining about how to bake a cake or saying, hey, we can't bake a cake or, hey, we don't think when we have the recipe, we have the ingredients, we can fucking make it and we don't. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess that's a place to end it, everyone. But anyway, you should play (laughs) (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh! Brought to you by Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Oh, wouldn't that be great? Oh, my That'd God. That would be so funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I guess we'll wrap it up there, uh, leaving it off on a nice, uh, positive note. God, we So just, positive. Yeah. Uh, I, we, I, I, we're going to try and stick to media. It's Don't say anything. No. We're just going to do whatever happens. <laughs> we'll just fucking roll with it. <laughs> We'll roll with it. People are going to be here for our personality, not exactly. for what we actually... Because we're so great. Because we don't bring anything amazing when it comes to, like, talking about the... I'm talking about, like, the con... How do I say this? The content? Not even the content, because I feel like that's uh, being insulting. We don't bring to... anything new. Yeah, we're not, like, news people. We don't break ground or, like... We're not going to introduce new concepts that you've never heard of or... Well, maybe. Well, sometimes. maybe, but, like, that's... We're we're not we're not groundbreaking in terms of like philosophy or politics. We're basically just like, this is what I heard. What do you think? What do you think? Bada bing, bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. Well, it's been fantastic having you guys let us into your house. Um, whether you, you like it or not. That. Uh, <laughs> Why? <laughs> what? Fine. I'm just letting you guys know that this this podcast is actually an auditory virus <laughs> that we send and we're burrowing into your um, 
hippocampus Jesus and soon God. enough we These will poor people i'm so sorry <laughs> it's a virus that uh helps you regulate your emotions so listen to our podcast because it actually helps you get happy you will like this yeah <laughs> okay why, why do we got it okay i'm All so right. sorry well thank you for listening Bye, and guys. uh we'll see you next week whoop, whoop.